Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Friday, March the 24th, 2023. It is a cool and drizzly day here by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. And um, it's been a nice week. It's been perfect running weather. I've had a couple of nice runs this week. I ran six miles on Wednesday morning across the Manhattan Bridge through Chinatown and past the courthouses and back across the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, Yesterday, I ran five miles uh, through Prospect Park. Today, just like two and a half. Uh, But I already hit my distance goal for the week, so that's nice. But yeah, great running weather. Nice weather in general. I'm very ready for spring. I am ready to go outside and not feel like I have to shield myself from the elements as soon as I open a door psychologically also um but this is episode 100 episode 100 of the conrad life report um i was looking at the date of the first episode it the first episode uh went out on september 18th 2018 so it's been four and a half years of doing this and um Yeah, it's kind of wild to think that this was going on before the pandemic, and then the majority of the life of this podcast has been in the pandemic, even though we've essentially emerged, even though it's not over, um, life has returned um, to its more active state, for better or worse. Um, But anyway, episode 100. For a long time, I thought I would have a guest on episode 100. I'd never had a guest, and... um, yeah, then I thought, ah, eh, no guests. At one point, I was going to have a guest for guest for episode 50. And then the one person I wanted to have uh, on as a guest who I thought would be <laughs> kind of a fun guest, he was just like, eh. And I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't meant to be. It's, it's just going to – we'll never have a guest. Maybe one day I'll surprise, surprise, surprise you and have a guest. But anyway, so 100 – yeah, it feels like – feels nice to have done something for a long time like this. Oh, and I started, I think I mentioned last time, but I started a Substack newsletter of this just because I wanted to write more. Um, and I, I'm still following um, my friend Rick's uh, <laughs> lead on these sorts of matters because he also has a newsletter. Um, so, yeah, so that is conraddusset.substack.com. And I've only done three, I think, newsletters so far in a month. I meant to do it like four to five times a week. I've only done it once every couple of weeks, but I will pick that up once I actually can get myself into a rhythm for these things. Um, It's hard to like slot something new into the routine. But anyway, I've been enjoying doing it once I get around to actually doing it. Uh, Oh, speaking of, well, I'll get, I'll get to all that. I was going to go through, speaking of people that came in from out of town, but um, let me just go through chronologically what's gone on in the past almost months since the last episode uh been kind of quiet not too much but um few big things one is went to go see the national play uh in woodstock so they played this like kind of small show at the bearsville theater which if you know woodstock you know bearsville is the it's basically a corner um at the western edge southwestern edge of woodstock um and there's bearsville is this little like complex where there's a parking lot at the side of the road and then there's like a barn which is the Bearsville theater there's a little building which is the Tinker Street Tavern and then there's a 
larger building, which it looks like kind of a house, and that's the Bear Restaurant. And this has all gone through several ownership levels. Because um, when I first went to these places over 10 years ago, I think it was all a different owner. And now it's like someone new came in and revitalized it and slightly renamed the restaurant. And, and the whole thing was founded by Albert Grossman, Bob Dylan's manager, way back in the 60s. But And the Bearsville Studios, which many albums that you love uh probably love what was were recorded was recorded at is across the road somewhere in the trees across tinker street um anyway so i went to see the national there and uh that was fun that was on a saturday so it was saturday march 4th i guess and the previous week and a half i had 10 days before i'd been in cincinnati and i was talking to scott and brian devendorf we were at the playground and um scott had mentioned this show and i was because i was like oh what 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 are like some of the you know secret things you're going to be doing with for the album and he's like oh we're going to play what bearsville i'm like oh awesome and i don't know why i had it in my head that i it would be in april around when the album came out but then like five days later when we were all back in new york he's like hey so we're playing this show you want to go i'm like oh <laughs> it's now <laughs> yes i do so um I went up with Dhruv, my brother-in-law, and um, we drove up to the house in Saugerties, in West Saugerties, uh, off Stoll Road, and had a drink, dropped off our bags, and then we went into Bearsville, into Woodstock, and went to the Tinker Street Tavern for a couple of beers, because we kind of wanted to be nearby and say hi to the people, say hi to the crew and all that, and and uh anyway there's no cell service in that little micro area of woodstock um there is everywhere else but in bearsville like my phone barely worked and so did everyone else's phone barely worked that is so it was actually hard to get in touch with these people with friends who are literally 30 yards away but can't get in touch with them anyway while we were in the tinker street tavern um again within this like complex of three buildings uh, some friends came in. Uh, Michael Arthur came in, my I Get Wild bandmate, who Scott had invited to draw the show. Um, Justin from Threes and some friends came in also. So it was a good time. And then then later went in to the show with, um, with Drew and also Michael Arthur and had a good time. Went downstairs to the backstage area and said hi to a bunch of folks including the guys and let's see tom berninger was there john lowe was there um graham mcindoe of course uh just all very fun and the show was fantastic they played the new album then they played hits um they played all the big hits uh i still hope that uh they start bringing back some more deep cuts uh but we'll see um i would like to again hear secret meeting live that would be nice Let's see. the The show was just fantastic. Who else did we see? Oh, um, Annie, my I Get Wild bandmate, also came. Um, Johnny Beach was there. Uh, let's see, my old pal Nick Stern. Um, just a lot of fun folks. Great, great show. And then um, went back to the house afterwards. Had a nightcap, and then the next morning I drove into Woodstock back into town and went to Bread Alone, and then to the Mud Club for coffee, which is my little solo thing I like to do when I'm every few months when I'm in Woodstock and then on the way back home that day uh 
we stopped in New Paltz for no reason except to look around and get some lunch. And so we went to, we ended up at a place called Best Pizza, which is the same best pizza as the one in Williamsburg. So quite good. And that was that fun weekend. Um, let's see. I get wild played. Speaking of I get wild. Well, first of all, speaking of all that, depending on when you hear this, <laughs> if you're near New Hope, Pennsylvania, and uh, in the next today, uh, Friday, March 24th, we're playing at some place called John and Peter's, which is apparently a legendary joint. I guess I will talk more about it next time in episode 101. But um, anyway, I get wild played Littlefield on Friday the 10th, and that was a fun show. Um, let's see. Who opened? The Zolafants opened this great uh, instrumental surf psych band. Really great. So that was a fun show. Um, let's see. Also big news that weekend was we had Oliver's birthday party. So on Pi Day, March 14th, Oliver turned 10, which is just mind-blowing. But a few days earlier, we had his party, and he wanted it to be very low-key. He wanted almost no one there. It was just the family, meaning us and also the family upstairs. And the only non-family guests were our friends Pete and Kara and their kids Archer and Ramona. Um, because Oliver likes them. So they came to the party. It was Titanic-themed because Oliver is obsessed with the Titanic, as I think I've mentioned. So Julie set the whole thing up to be um, you were coming on board the ship. The whole apartment was decked out in Titanic stuff. It was very well done. I had nothing to do with it. There were first-class, second-class, third-class dining options um there was an art gallery of of oliver's work artwork around about the titanic there was um oliver presented did some roblox demonstrations of the interior of the titanic and also there was a titanic cake made by our incredible cake maker who i've still never met who every year makes oliver's birthday cake and every year it's spectacular so this was a cake of the titanic going down um with the stern still sticking out of the water at a 45 degree angle and Oliver we made sure the cake was like factually correct and that it was the stern sticking out of the water with the propellers and not the bow so anyway it was a great little party and yeah I can't believe Oliver is double digits now 10 years old um which he's very excited about he also keeps wanting to stay young and he doesn't he says he doesn't want to grow up um but also he seemed to be very excited about turning 10. So that's good. All right. I was going to get to this before out of town guests. We've had some out of town guests because after Oliver's party, um, we all, (laughs) I took a nap for like an hour and then my old friend, John Crossingham was in the neighborhood. So John and I went to high school together. Uh, he is from St. Catharines, Ontario, which is where we went to high school. Um, and he lives in Toronto and I don't see him very often. And except that I did see him actually in October (laughs) at our high school reunion in Canada. But anyway, he came down to see Unwound play. And so he turned it into a vacation. And um, so, yeah, we saw each other at Bar Great Harry uh, when the day got in earlier in the week for a couple of quick drinks before I had to get home. Um, But Saturday, we had a great uh, time. So we met at Black Gold. We did some record browsing. We went to Orphan Guitars on Court Street, so he could choose some guitar strings for me, and then he could, John, who is a musician, could restring my guitar. John plays guitar. He also plays drums. We were in our first band together, 
Um, this was in high school. It was called The Sign of the Pineapple. It was me and John and our friend Pat, who some of you know Pat. And Pat played guitar and John and I drum, played drums. So we were a trio with one guitar, two drums, except that only one drummer sang at a time and the other person who wasn't drumming would then sing. And our repertoire consisted of Black Sabbath covers and um, one or two police songs. Um, what police songs did we do? Well, the one that we did well, uh, surprise, well, we did Synchronicity too. And um, it was very good. Sometimes we had a guest bassist, uh, and that made everything sound better. <laughs> but um, yeah, and we did Sabbath songs like War Pigs, Sweet Leaf, uh, Paranoid, I believe. So anyway, John and I were in our first band together, and we were music super fans together. And um, he went on to do a bunch of bands, including Raising the Fawn, and he was in Broken Social Scene. Well, I guess technically he still is because you never leave. Um, and he even played some gigs with them last year. But he's all over their first album, their You Forgotten People, which is not their first album. But anyway, I'm very proud of him for doing these awesome things. His drumming on Pacific Theme is one of my favorite drum parts ever. Um, and he did that little banjo at the beginning of anthems for the 17-year-old girl or whatever. So anyway, John was in town. And... Uh, we he restrung my guitar so thanks and the guitar that gabe gave me the hollow body gretch anniversary edition so john restrung that then we went to bar great harry again um hung out with my friend natron nate martinez um also a musician and we all had a good time and then john and i went to have dinner at ruthie's and sat at the bar and had burgers and that was great so that was a great night with john um it was great to see him and i hope I see him again soon. Probably will have to be me going to Toronto, which I would like to do because I have not been in Toronto, the city, for many years now. And, uh, man, Toronto used to be my favorite place on earth. I thought I would move there when I was in college. All right, what else? Other out-of-town guests. Um, my friend Jeremy Goldstein was in town from uh, Denver, um, but he used to live here in the neighborhood. And uh, his wife, Julia, is from New York City, so... Um, they periodically make their way back here, so we had a good time, and we all we had a mini get together at Barely Disfigured on Court Street, which I thought might be a little classy. I had suggested it, but it turns out it was very packed on a Friday night and um, kind of annoying to order drinks and blah blah blah. But um, then we went to Brooklyn Social, which was more our speed. So yeah, it was Jeremy and Julia. Uh, Micah was there, of course. Um, friend Rex. Uh, Rex's wife, or partner, uh, Michelle, who I'd never really spoken to before, but she was great to talk to, and I enjoyed that. Um, Elizabeth and Jotham were there and um, hung out with them, and that was excellent. And, uh, and then when we, when we got to Brooklyn Social, um, my friend Eric showed up. So very fun night and very fun to see Jeremy and everyone. And um, I was thinking that as much as it's great when Jeremy's in town. We should be doing this um, for no reason other than doing that. And and actually, it probably happens, and I'm just not invited, which is totally fine because I'm um, not in the center of that's like people have moved out or this or that, so there isn't as happening a social scene. But I was just like, oh, I really like talking to all these people. I would like to do this more often. So that was a fun night. Um Oh my gosh, and that's actually, I'm looking at my notes, that's kind of it for the past three weeks. It's It's been mildly eventful, not overly eventful, but not boring either. 
Um, let's see, vague, vague things on my mind. Um, I'm trying to get into non-alcoholic drinks, um, just to like have options when I want to drink, but I, I don't. I just I should not have an alcoholic drink. My use case for this is like, say I've had two or three beers at night and I'm really enjoying the vibe of listening to music, reading stuff, magazines, and drinking beer. And if it's like getting late and I'm like, ah, I want one more because I'm enjoying this, what's going on, but it's not smart. I would like to have a non-alcoholic beer to reach for. And I did that. I bought The Athletic, their brand. They have several brands, but I bought The Athletic. I can't remember what it's called, but they have several brands of um, non-alcoholic beer. And these were all recommended to me by my friend Greg, who works at Other Half, so he would know. Um, he recommended the Athletics beers as well as, um, who is it locally? Oh, it's not local, but Industrial Arts makes a non-alcoholic beer called Safety Glasses. And he also highly recommended the non-alcoholic Guinness, which I have not tried, but I will try that. So yeah, fun. Um, let's see, music. I've not listened to anything really musical except a lot of The Cure, because I got Cure tickets for June. And um, continuing on my project of trying to listen to every 1973 show by the Grateful Dead. Um, like five years ago, I went through every 1989 show. And by the way, like for, yeah, for 1989, I'd listened to most of them already, but I just, I wanted to listen to them chronologically. And that's what I'm doing with 73. I like 73, but um, I like late 73 the best. And so we'll see. But I mean, 73 is pretty momentous year in the dead. You know, a lot of their classic songs were debuted that that year, so it's interesting to hear these early versions of Eyes of the World as they get better and better, noticeably better with each version. So yeah, that's been my music listening. It's just listening to The Cure and listening to 1973 Dead. Um, but books, I've read some books. Essays by Lydia Davis. Essays one by Lydia Davis. If you know these, she has two th books. Yeah, it's like that big, huge, thick, green essays book. Um, it was very good. It was like, it's essays about writing and writers, and I very much enjoyed it. It was 500 pages, though, so it was a lot. And I don't think you, one should feel obligated to read the whole thing or in order. Um, but I did, just because I that's what I do. Uh, I read a book called Screaming on the Inside by Jessica Gross, who is a New York Times, like, wellness or parenting writer or something. And I think she lives around here. I've met her a few times, but not for many years. Um, but it was about... Uh, just I can't remember the subtitle it explains it perfectly but just about how American motherhood is um, totally messed up and um, we need to change everything <laughs> to make motherhood um, bearable uh, so it was um, very good read short read and um, just feel like I learned a lot of background stuff about just laws and culture developments regarding motherhood in this country and I'm almost done with a book called The Shortest History of the Soviet Union by Sheila Fitzpatrick, who is a Soviet historian, I think, at the University of Chicago. But, um, oh, my gosh, this is like a 200-page book that is just the history of the Soviet Union from pre-revolution, and I think it goes into um, post-Soviet collapse. But, I mean, it's just like what a narrative. What an incredibly fascinating, bizarre country. And... Um, I highly, highly recommend it. This book just came out, I think, a year within the last year. I saw it uh, on display at McNally Jackson um, 
and I was like, oh, that looks good. I actually should have bought it. I really like this book. It's got a great cover and um, feel like I will read it again. Um, but I got it from the library. But highly recommended, uh, The Shortest History of the Soviet Union by Sheila Fitzpatrick. And uh, I think that is it for this episode of the Conrad Life Report. Can't think of anything else to say. Um, I should really get on with my work day. So I guess that is it. I'm taking a half day today. I'm so excited because we are going to Pennsylvania, New Jersey for this show later. Um, okay, I'll wrap it up. Episode 100. This has been episode 100 of the Conrad Life Report. Um, broadcasting uh, from the window here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Looks like it's still drizzling. And now I'm going to go to the coffee shop, and hopefully the line has died down. Uh, Okay, see you at episode 101. Take care.